for me, the greatest source of IP development is the notes that I take when I'm talking with a new customer, a new potential customer. In my sales conversations, I'm always listening out for, you know, the issues and the nuances, the words that clients use to describe, you know, either their, their challenges, their pains, you know, hate's a cliche, what's keeping them awake at night, but, and, and never, by the way, never use that in front of a customer when you're having a, a conversation. But what, what really is causing them stress or unease? And also hearing them describe what the future looks like. You know, what, you know, I always just say, I've got a pink magic wand in my hand. If I have to wave it and let's future pace a little bit, you know, what does success look like? What does the future look like? How does it, you know, how do you, how does it look and feel to you? And listening to the words that they use to describe, you know, both the current state and the future state, the gap between, that for me is an incredible source of, you know, developing IP. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six- to seven-figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six- to seven-figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. I'm the other co-host, Michael Palmer. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. This gentleman is another of the members of our high-level mastermind program. He is a true thought leader in the arena of getting access to C-suite decision-makers for you if you're a salesperson or for your sales team if you run a sales team. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Matthew Conway. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, uh, Nikki. Hush, I'm blushing over here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> now you just have to live up to it. That's all. No big deal. Absolutely. So, Matt, you know, Michael and I, we know you, but our listener doesn't. And what's Amazing about you is that you weren't exactly born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Nobody handed you anything, but you've developed quite the impressive intellectual property and you've turned it into a powerful practice. Tell us your story. How'd you get to be Matt Conway? Well, that's a, it's a, it's a diverse and a fairly long one, but here's the, here's the potted history. So I've had the, the privilege of having a wonderful international background, having been born in West Africa and the Gambia, lived in Nepal, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Sweden, and now Canada. My hero's journey actually started as a young inside salesperson where I was knocking out hundreds of cold calls every day, facing massive rejection and just thinking there must be a better way than this. And, uh, in the spirit of all candor and transparency, uh, my ego just couldn't take uh, the amount of rejection for and uh, you know lack of reward that was coming as a result. And in in a in sort of a, a peak of desperation, I, I said to my mother, my mother is Obi Wan Kenobi to uh, to my Luke Skywalker in this story. I said to mum, I, I just I just can't face the constant rejection that I'm getting um, from knocking out these cold calls. And she said, Well, who are you calling on for? to start with. And, you know, at the time I was in, in the recruitment industry and I was calling HR leaders and what have you. And she said, Matt, if you want to get anything achieved and done in life and done quickly and get much more results, you've got to go right to the top. 
And that was basically the start of my journey into researching the most effective ways of getting the attention of C-suite executives. And I started, you know, reading lots of books, uh, you know, from books from like Tony Paranello, Jill Conrath, you know, spin selling and what have you, uh, Ericksonian hypnosis and NLP. And slowly but surely, uh, the, uh, the learnings, the testing that I did uh, got to the point where I could pretty much decide on which C-suite executive I wanted to have a conversation with and ping them an email. Well, at the time when I started out, it was actually letters. We send them a letter, follow it up with a phone call, and I'd either get them to have a conversation with me or, if it, particularly if there were CEOs in large companies, to refer me one or two rungs down in the organization, but still at the decision maker and budget creator level. That is really, really important because I think 95% of sales organizations are wasting the lives of their salespeople and of their potential clients by selling to people who are budget assignees and not budget creators. And most of those people are in status quo. So anyway, that's a, that's a sort of potted history about how I got started. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where I could predictably replicate success. And, you know, I've had the, the privilege of, uh, of training and uh, coaching and consulting with people to the point that actually they get better results faster and better than I do, which makes me a very proud dad. It's fantastic. And I, I know the work that you do and, and it, it, it garners incredible results for, for people that I know that's, that have worked with you, Matt. Tell me, in your, growing your practice, it has not always been easy. What have you come up against in growing your own practice? So, you know, I think, I think there's a couple of things. One, um, it, well, there's more than a couple of things. I think, you know, first of all, let's, let's start with mindset or, or your why. That's, you know, what's the, you know, the thoughts that's going through your, your own noggin. I think for most thought leaders, we, we probably suffer from a little bit of, you know, imposter syndrome or the fact that, you know, will the work that, and the, you know, the thinking that I do be good enough to meet market expectation, market demand. So, you know, the first, the first thing is, is, is quelling the, you know, the doubts of, you know, who am I to be doing this? And for most experts, I think you've got to come to the realization you probably have forgotten more about your topic of expertise than most people will ever know in their entire lives. So even if you know your 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 speech or your you know your your advisory conversation didn't hit on everything that you know or the client needed to know at that specific point in time, just know that they will get fabulous value. So I think that's from a confidence perspective, that's that's one thing. Obviously, the the second thing is being able to market yourself uh, effectively. You know, whether that's through your website or uh, putting in, you know, marketing systems in place, you know, where to hang out so that you are in front of your target audience. You know, for me, as a somebody who's come from a, a sales and executive leadership uh, background and, and being a big level thinker, sometimes the, the detail work of developing IP. I know Michael and Nick, you've, you've had some chuckles along the way with me about, you know, actually taking the knowledge that's, you know, rattling around in my, uh, my head here and being able to actually put it, you know, onto paper you know, where others can actually use it, whether that's in slides or workbooks or, or whatever. So organizing your thoughts and putting it in a framework that, you know, actually helps others and yourself to scale the business. So mindset, marketing yourself and, you know, development and delivery of, of IP, I think are probably 
the three things that kept me awake at night the most. So talk about IP. It's one of the things, you know, Michael and I talk about, especially Michael, is it's important to have world-class IP. If you don't have that, you're not going to be a thought leader. So talk about your IP, how you've gone about the process of developing it. And I know you're still within that process, but the listener is going to want to know that. Yeah, it's it's a great question. And and my perspective on IP is that it's never fully baked. It It really isn't. You know, every conversation I have, every speaking engagement or advisory session that I have with CEOs or sales leaders or salespeople, you know, creates a new dot to connect to your IP. And so, you know, I think it, you know, IP is basically a journey, just like life. It's always evolving. Um, it's continuously developing. It's con- continually getting more clear, more crystallized. It spawns its own offspring, what in eCircle you would call uh, new clusters. I mean, for example, you know, I've been in a couple of uh, sessions and workshops with, with uh, sales teams where marketeers have sat in on on the session and after the session they come up to me going oh my goodness you know um you know i learned more in this one day that i did at four years of university so all of a sudden you've now got marketeers who are going we want more of this you've done it for our sales team can you come work with us on you know how to clarify a message how to you know i call it stop wee-weeing on your customers you know, you know, when marketers are pumping out marketing messages, it tends to, you know, be all about them where they are the hero, where what customers want is what's about them. And they're looking for a guide or a coach to take them there. So helping change, you know, the, the mindset of marketers to be outcome or impact or customer focus, it's a really, you know, big job to be done. So from an IP standpoint, I think job number one, to do is if you're starting out or, you know, like me, you know, 2018 planning right now is to decide, okay, what does this year going to look like? And for yourself to get clarity in your own positioning and, you know, expertise, what what do you, uh, you know, want to do more of? What do you want to do less of? uh, And get very clear on on the message that you're going to take to market. And from there, once you have clarity on your message, the value and outcomes that you can create for your clients, after all, it's all about them, is then taking that and being able to formalize that into your IP development, whether that's, you know, doing, you know, in e-circle parlance, you know, developing more pink sheets or doing green sheets or working through your positioning matrix and taking that IP and then being able to, you know, turn it into a keynote speech or build a training program or build tools that you can share with your advisory clients, whether that's you know CEOs or sales leaders or or individual uh, contributors. Um, long-winded answer. Did I answer your question? Absolutely. I think the word that you used is that it, it is a never-ending or phrase you use, never-ending journey. It's your life journey. I think the difference between those that have. Uh, a lot of knowledge and expertise that just sits there untapped and those that actually have a body of work that can be leveraged and, and you can actually sell and, and make a living from is, is the actual usage of it and the unpacking of it. For you, Matt, you've done this. What do you find helps you to get what's in your head out and onto paper and into the hands of your clients? Uh, so that's a really insightful question, uh, Michael. For, for me, the greatest source of IP development 
is the notes that I take when I'm talking with a new customer, a new potential customer. Uh, you know, I've had you know, a lot of experience in the sales performance world and, and have um, you know, worked with you know, some of the best sales organizations. I've coached and done deal, you know, pursuit coaching, deal coaching and uh, mentoring of you know, some of the finest salespeople on the planet. So in my sales conversations, I'm always listening out for you know, the issues and the nuances, the words that clients use to describe, you know, either their, their challenges, their pains, you know, hate's a cliche, what's keeping them awake at night, but, and, and never, by the way, never use that in front of a customer when you're having a, a conversation. But what, what really is causing them stress or unease? And also hearing them describe what the future looks like. You know, what, you know, I always just say, I've got a pink magic wand in my hand. If I have to wave it and let's future pace a little bit, you know, what does success look like? What does the future look like? How does it, you know, how do you, how does it look and feel to you? And listening to the words that they use to describe, you know, both the current state and the future state, the gap between, that for me is an incredible source of, you know, developing IP. So, Nikki, you were actually partially involved in one of uh, in 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 the birth of one little cluster of mine where um, I was talking to a sales leader and he say, you know, I'd mentioned something about I think it was you know words have power and you know most salespeople aren't aware of some of the words that they use and he jumped on that he goes, you know, tell me a little bit more. So I I explained that you know I've had a background in neurolinguistics and Ericksonian hypnosis and what have you, and he said you're so right because. When I hear my salespeople on the phone, they don't realize sometimes, you know, what they say and how they say it. And I can I can hear when I'm listening on the calls how it breaks rapport, trust, and, and likability. And so from that one little conversation, I built a course on awareness. You know, what this what the most successful salespeople know, say, and do. And Nikki, you were you you helped me build the the value ladder for that particular model. Yeah, I remember uh, that meeting that we had about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that was literally just from a tiny snippet of a conversation. Out from that came IP that you know, you know, companies are willing to pay ten thousand dollars plus a day for. You gotta like that. That's good money. Yep. You know, Matt, some cool stuff that you're up to. And, and, you know, what I love about having conversations with you is that not only are you a thought leader in your own right and you're building your own thought leadership, but you're actually incredibly valuable to thought leaders because you are a master of getting to the people who make the big decisions. So if you were to give some, some pointers to our listener on how to actually get their value proposition in front of the right people, what would you tell them? Okay, so I'm going to approach this the way I would do it. You know, this is really funny uh, to me because I think as thought leaders, we all have our of our own challenges. What I see with a lot of thought leaders, and you know, people who are much, much brighter and uh, you know, have created much more original and insightful content than I'm sure I ever will, they suffer from the exact opposite thing that I suffer. So I have absolute confidence in my ability to sell what I do. 
my biggest challenge or my journey is about, you know, organizing my IP and, and, you know, doing the detailed, you know, development of that IP and turning it into products. Whereas I see a lot of thought leaders, you know, in our community that we know, they're very, very good at developing IP. The only challenge is they haven't come from a sales background. And so they have, they, they really struggle to, to do what you've just asked, Michael, which is how do I get that in, in a message in front of the right people? So there is three things that I would counsel other thought leaders to do. And, and the first is really, really focus on the point that you are not the hero uh, of, of the story here. Your client is the hero. Therefore, all your messaging needs to be about what's in it for them. What's the outcomes that they can expect to what others have achieved? Uh, what's the impact, the results that, you know, they could experience, uh, experience as a result of working with you? Uh, too many salespeople and thought leaders, you know, they, they, they position themselves as the hero and, the, and uh, they, they wee-wee all over their customers, right? We do this, we do that, we're the best, we're the most effective, we're the most you know, cost efficient, we, 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 we. Nobody likes to be we, we don't. And <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. So it, it, you really got to stop we, weeing on your pros- potential customers and make your messaging couched in the terms of, you know, what's, what's in it for the other human being. Secondly, I think a lot of people waste their time trying to sell too low uh, in organizations. There's some really interesting statistics that show 95% of mid-ranking executives and managers, so let's say VPs and below, are in status quo. That means um, you know they're not in the market to buy what you sell. Okay. 85% of budgets at mid-ranking level, uh, at you know, people who are budget assignees, not creators, are already accounted for on prior projects. Therefore, you're you're scrabbling to you know get table scraps, all right. And yet, ninety nine percent of sales organisations I've ever met, where do they sell to? Mid ranking executives. And here's the thing to understand: is that a mid ranking executives, VP and down, their motive or their job to be done is to execute and operationalize. It's not necessarily to introduce change. And yet when you talk to a CEO, a president, a chief operating officer, they typically will describe, yeah, my job is basically to plan what's next, what's coming, you know, where are we going to take our business? How do we make money? How do we save money? And so most sales, most thought leaders and, you know, uh, salespeople waste their time trying to convince People who may have already got competitive solution in place, you know, maybe maybe already felt, yeah, I kind of ticked that box. I don't need more of, you know, what you're saying that you've got. And they waste their time or, you know, they, their time is taken up and they propose only to find out there's no budget available or we've decided not to do anything. So my clients would, if you know, I've had, would love to have a couple of my clients on the phone here with me. They would say that as a result of going high, they accelerate their sales cycles by as much as 6x. All right. So, you know, whether it's selling merchant financing at uh, American Express Rather than taking 18 months to get an appointment with a, you know, a financial controller, you know, you know, they're getting meetings in 26 minutes versus 18 months and getting engagement and selling deals. I mean, 
why muck about with the mid-level when you can go to the people who are motivated to change? It makes makes no no sense to me. And of course, the third the third uh, the third thing that you know I'm I'm you know where my clients say my my expertise is is in teaching them how to take their message and put it into written format, whether that's an email letter or nowadays in mail on on LinkedIn, in such a way that it sounds competitively distinct and different. And it causes that person that you're writing to, obviously in, in Canada, you've got to be mindful of can spam and, and what have you, but writing a letter that really cuts to the chase of what they care about and what they're going to be interested in and so that they get back to you very quickly. That would be my counsel. That's a brilliant answer. I loved everything you said. You sound like you're picking up on some of the thought leadership of Donald Miller and StoryBrand when you talk about the hero's journey and so forth. Have you uh, read his book or listened to his podcast? I, I have read the book and listened to the audio book fairly recently, and that's the exercise I'm going to be doing over Christmas to revamp my website. So uh, well, There you go. That's yeah, fantastic. I, re- I highly recommend that book. It's yeah, it's great. We've been uh, Michael found out about him. We bought his course, and we listened to his, uh, big fans. his podcast. We are big fans. So while we have you here, let's have you give us uh, a quick tutorial now. Just, uh, I'm, I'm going to present a scenario that uh, we're dealing with inside eCircle, and all the listeners will listen in while you give us some of your expertise in coaching. That'll be, I think, a good way to put it through. So you and I spoke a couple weeks ago, and one of the clusters inside eCircle that we uh, want to go after is... Uh, Consultants who are business consultants, corporate trainers, uh, executive coaches, basically folks who sell business to business. So how would you apply the Matt Conway methodology, if you will, to helping us reach more of these people? Okay. So you're a bugger for getting free consulting. Yes, I, there you go. <laughs> but hey, Matt, people are going to see how good you are listening to this podcast. They're going to reach out to you. So it's good for you, too. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it. So, first of all, the, the first job to be done is to is to to really understand where these these people are are, are hanging out, and then that's where you're going to be spending most of your time, you know, reaching out to them. So, like on and social look, media and stuff, like yeah, is that what you well, mean? yeah. Whether it's uh, are they on Facebook? Are they on LinkedIn, for example? I think. I think in, if if it were me, I would probably do a, a quick search on LinkedIn to, you know, basically create a short or a long list, depending on the region of focus, of people who are mentioned mentioning coaching, consulting, thought leadership, on you know on their profiles, and and LinkedIn would, will probably give you a get a list of of people who match that that criteria. Obviously, then you've got to reach out to them with with something you know uh, fairly compelling. Obviously, um, you, you know some of my work. If you're messaging them through LinkedIn, you know I would, you know, use their their name in the subject line, whether that's by uh, LinkedIn uh, in mail or whether you're reaching out. Well, you won't have their email addresses yet, but you know, use their name in the subject line. There's nothing as sweet as the sound of your own name, and uh, whilst people don't really think about why they were given their name, it's a societal construct for getting attention. So absolutely use it if you want your message to uh, to get open. The second thing you've got to do is is very, very quickly articulate the reason why you're reaching out now, okay? Too many people focus on messaging about why me or why us, 
Yeah. The job to be done when you're prospecting is really to introduce the why change, why now provocation. So it's December uh, 2017. You're probably thinking about your 2018 plan right now. That could be, for example, uh, one of the reasons why. Perfect. So, you know, insightful as ever. You heard earlier in the conversation I talked about I'm in my 2018 planning right now, redoing my website. Yeah. Okay. So that is the kind of insight that I would be listening for, you know, when I'm in conversation with others right now and I would take, you know, what's on their mind and I would use that as, you know, building out my reason why I'm contacting you now. So effectively, you are creating your own trigger event. Okay. For those of you who uh, don't understand what a trigger event is, a trigger event is basically an internal or external event that basically puts your prospective customer in the market to buy what you sell. All right. Now, internal uh, internal events can be like Nikki's just you know spotted. You know, you're in the middle of your 2018 planning. That makes it timely. Okay, an external event could be a referral, yeah, or you've seen an article that that thought leader has has uh, has posted, yeah, yeah. So you can reference. So basically, you're looking basically for a reason why you're contacting them them now versus the hi, I'm reaching out to see if you would like to have a conversation with me. Let's spend a quick 10, 15 minutes. I'd like to understand more about your business. You sound just like every other salesperson out there. So mm-hmm. really differentiate yourself by very quickly hitting the reason why you're reaching out. Matt, you're probably right now in the middle of your 2008 uh, 18 planning. I've got some ideas and insights I'd like to share about how to accelerate your growth moving forward for less effort and less stress. Yeah. Mm. Now you go into your value proposition. Yeah. Yeah. Others like you, other thought leaders like you, Matt, have 10x their business in 2017. You know, have you know, taken their business to the next level, have gone from white belt to black belt. Right. And then so you've got your you've got you've got your reason why now. Now you want to introduce your value proposition, which is basically the measurable outcome outcomes and results that your potential customer could get if they decided to have a conversation and by implication work with you at some stage. All right. So that's your value proposition. The next thing you need to hit is social proof. So You've heard me say this before. What's more believable? Well, let me tell you what a handsome devil I am. Yeah, I'm blue-eyed, I'm six foot one, I'm hungry. <laughs> Do you believe me? Or if you believe that Michael said, you've got to meet Matt Conway, that is a good-looking SOB. <laughs> yeah? Gonna, I would gonna, say that. You're going to believe that. You'll never say that. I never. <laughs> Absolutely. I say it every time I see you. <laughs> looks That's a bit like because you're bribing him with a thousand bucks. But anyway, <laughs> So you're going to believe Michael more than me telling you how damn good looking I am. And I, you know, I, I look like Shrek, so I'm using, uh, taking a great liberty here. But, but the fact of the matter is, rather than you telling people how wonderful you are, get somebody else to tell that story. So here's where you use social proof, quotes, testimonials from existing happy, satisfied customers that talk to the fact that. You know, you need to hire this guy, or I worked with this guy and uh, or gal, and the delivery was fantastic. More importantly, the results were amazing. You know, when I when I'm sending out my own 
prospecting emails. You know, I reference, you know, some of the clients that I work with, like American Express, Franklin Covey, List Track, uh, Expense Assist, and, 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 and others that I work with. And I talk to the results and outcomes that they got. And I've got their names, their companies in there. You know, the fact that we generated 2.7 million net new revenue in 60 days as a result of working with Matt. Wow, that's a good yeah. result. It's not me telling you how good I am. It's my clients telling you how good I am. So if you're doing it through LinkedIn, you could refer to some recommendations you have on LinkedIn, for example. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and well, hang on a second. I, no, I would, want, I would want to spell it out, you know, and in LinkedIn, you're, you're, you're limited by the amount of text you can use. So, you know, typically if I was writing an email, I might put two or three little sort of one or two sentence quotes together uh, in the body of my email. Okay. But on LinkedIn, you're probably limited by the number of uh, word counts. So you might just put one really impactful uh, one in there. And then once you've used social proof, you obviously, you know, you need to put your ask in, you know, and you restate, you know, if if you are looking to dramatically accelerate your growth, you know, and, uh, you know, revenue or development of your IP for less stress, less work, less effort. Uh, again, you, not, you want to have a nice balanced equation of what can be, you know, what can be gained and what can be saved. Okay. Let's have a conversation. So I'm available on Tuesday at 10 or Thursday at 3 p.m. Okay. Let me know what works for you. So a very explicit call to action. All right. Look forward to the conversation. Now, I, you know, I'm a big believer in, in writing persuasively. So I like to use uh, linguistic uh, and, and influential language like, uh, you know, should you decide to have a call, call uh, with me? You know, clients like X, Y, and Z choose to work with me. Look forward to the conversation. These are all influential, you know, artfully vague, embedded suggestions. So they help to maximize the impact and effectiveness of your message so that you get more response than, you know, than, than would be typical. That's amazing. That's how I might have a go at it. Beautiful. Well, you know what? It, it, what I know, Matt, is you've given us gold. You've given us our, our listeners gold. But it is always the hidden little pieces and elements that actually make the winning formula. So whilst you've given us incredible amount of information here, I'm sure if our listener really wants to nail it in 2018, they should be contacting you. Isn't that correct? Well, I would certainly appreciate that. If I can be helpful and valuable to anybody, please feel free to to reach out. You know, um, you know, if you're a member of the community, and you know, I've worked with with some members of the community already. Uh, if I can be helpful, absolutely. And and if you, whether it's me or or anybody else, and if you take nothing away from this conversation. And I, I often advise clients of mine who, you know, maybe the timing isn't right, but I say, listen, you can make an impact right now. Just shine your torch on a different audience. You know, if you are focused on, you know, meeting with, you know, uh, directors and managers, just stop reaching out to them and just go higher up the ladder. Just by shifting your focus, you will get a completely different kind of result. So, you know, my challenge to the audience listening here was, Stop wasting your life, you know, and working so darn hard, focusing on people who who can't say yes but can say no and are vested in the status quo, and focus on people whose motivation is to change. And that is in the C-suite. 
And I think you'll be rather pleasantly surprised at the difference that that can make for your business. Amazing, amazing. So Matt, we end off every single episode by asking you, our guest, for your top three expert action steps, your top three hacks to help our listener take their business to the next level. So what are yours? Top three steps. So I think I've just touched on them. One is, you know, being mindful of the level of the person that you're reaching out to. You know, it, it's much easier to, to sell and uh, to, to an open door than a closed door. Yeah, and it seems counterintuitive. Uh, and you know, funnily enough, you know, whether you reach out to the CEO or the president of the company, you may end up working with the person who you were thought to, thinking to reach out to in the first place. That's okay. Just trust me on this. And it seems weird. It's research shows four to six times faster to start work with a company when you get an executive endorsement than going direct to the you know the end user uh, in, in the company. All right, so that would be that would be my first top tip. Second top tip, you know, um, I think you, you mentioned it already. Get hold of a, a book like Donald Miller. Donald Miller's Building Your Own Story Brand, and that will help to sh- shift your focus around telling clients how darn good looking you are, and it will help couch in terms that show you know how you know how others think you're good looking, and more importantly, how they can you know you know be the 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 hero of the story and get the results and outcomes that they need. So shift your messaging away from, and you know it's insidious this challenge because. Most messaging frameworks start with, I, we help companies too. So if you're starting your messaging development with, I help companies too, it's all about you. You're the hero. No, uh, uh. It's, you know, companies like XYZ, they get these kind of results. All right. Be really mindful of where your focus of your messaging is. Yeah. Go high, focus on your messaging. And the third thing, which is, uh, you know, I don't talk, uh, talk about it. Uh, too much, but it's really, really important, is make it habit. Yeah, From 8 o'clock in the morning to 9.30 every day in my outlook, I have time blocked out for prospecting and follow-ups. You'll be amazed what happens once you're sending out five emails a day and following up those you know, in the, in the space of a week. Yeah, Because it's in your calendar. It becomes habit. It becomes habitual. And guess what? I'm I'm so attuned to this. If I have you know half an hour of downtime and I'm kind of thinking, well, I've kind of done all the my my three big rocks for the day, but I've got some downtime. I can't help but prospect. It's bizarre. You know, I'll see something on LinkedIn, I'll make a connection, and I'll prospect. And what you'll notice after time is because prospecting for most people is like is is you know is a hole in the head exercise they hate doing it if you schedule it first every day and just make it you know be religious about it say i'm gonna get five net new reach outs every day you 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 know you'll never be wanting for appointments trust me on this those were three awesome expert action steps matt and listen matt you are the real deal so listener if you're listening to this you got to go to Matt's website. Matt, what's your website? It is www.matthewconway.com, and that's Matthew with two Ts. Fantastic. And we'll make sure we include that in the show notes. If you're 
struggling with getting to the next level with sales, or if you run a sales team and your sales team is struggling with getting to the next level in sales, you need to get a hold of Matthew Conway. You need to take advantage of this man's unique, world-class intellectual property. And here's another thing. If you want to know what your intellectual property is worth in the marketplace, if you want to be the Matt Conway of your niche, let's jump on a call. You can reach us and make an appointment with us by going to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment, and we can spend some time with you to really delve in to what your unique expertise is and what it could be worth in the marketplace. There's no obligation to this. There's no cost to this. Feel free to take advantage of this. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. You really gave us and our listeners gold. My pleasure, uh, Nikki and Michael, and uh, always, always lovely to chat to you chaps. Thank you, Matt. All righty. That wraps another episode of The Thought Leader Revolution. To learn more about today's fabulous guest, you can go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. And as well, if you believe that what you have inside your head, the things that you do for your clients and customers has much more potential, and you believe that you can be much bigger than you really are right now, please jump on a call, ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment, and figure out and find out how you can make 2018 the very best year ever. Thank you.